0: I recently crossed my 25 years mark. Looking back at my school and college days, I realized there were so many things I wish I had done differently. In this podcast, I will share the things that I learned, ideas I picked up along the way, and the plans I have for the future. My name is Vinay Gandhi, and this is my quarter-life realization.
1: We also, I think America does food so well because we have so many ethnicities
0: of right. yeah.
1: America, you know? And so, like, you you have people who are mixed, like, you know, Nigerian and, let's say, Nigerian and Japanese, yeah. you know? And, like, imagine that kind of person, like, if that person became a chef, how dope their food would be by bringing those two cultures together. Like, that is the essence of America in terms of its culture, you know, like.
0: Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of My Quarter Life Realization. Before we start this episode, I would like to wish all my Indian brothers and sisters and everyone around the world a happy Diwali and a very prosperous new year. Hope everyone is safe and healthy. Let's get started with the episode. With cases, number of cases increasing daily and as we go into the holiday season, it feels almost like a lifetime passed by when Corona was just a beer. And going outside was just a daily routine. One of the biggest things we miss, or rather envy, at this point, is the ability to travel freely. Our guest today is who uh, we have with us is a person who has been traveling all over the world since she left college. She's as authentic as she's bold, and she is a flip side to what normally people think when they hear the American dream or Living the American Dream. Marina, thank you so much for coming for the show.
1: Thank you Vinay. I'm super stoked to be here.
0: Perfect. Uh, So for those who don't know you, can you introduce yourself? Or What do you do right now? Where are you at this point?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, what's up guys? My name is Marina. Um, I am currently located in Chiang Mai, Thailand. I've been living here for almost 18 months now. Um, I am an English teacher, a yoga teacher, and a swim teacher. Um, But my work permit says I'm just an English teacher. (laughs) Um, So I I, uh, came here to Thailand and got my TEFL um, after a couple months of traveling around uh, Southeast Asia and um as soon as my temple finished i ended up getting a job at an all-girls catholic school right here in chiang mai and i've been working there ever since Um, and it's been a really interesting time
0: yeah and especially like living in a foreign place is a big thing first of all during a pandemic is another thing and then again because you are a teacher the interacting with other people students and all that that is also a big thing so uh, yeah i think a lot of unique cases a lot of uh, things happening around so thank you for being here and uh, introducing yourself to others
1: yeah yeah my pleasure
0: perfect uh so let's get uh, started like there are a few basic questions out of the park i'll just uh, go with it like uh, why did you decide to travel? So this was like the basic question. Most of uh, people who travel around the world have their Either the story goes like, like, I was too bored over here and I decided I want to explore. So I went everywhere or they they are like, I, I traveled my whole life uh, with my parents before I wanted to explore on myself. Like where do you fit in? Or is there something different in your uh, story? Can you share something with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I was also a Drexel dragon. I also have the tattoo of Mario. Wow. (laughs) We uh we got it. I was so I was at Drexel as a uh, as a as a rower. I was on a uh, scholarship, an uh, athletic scholarship for the crew team at Drexel, and. you know, my, at that point of my life, uh, I was at Drexel between 2013 and 2018. So right, I left right when you arrived. Um, and uh, rowing had always been a really big part of my life, uh, or at that time was a really big part of my life. And I, uh, after graduation, I thought, oh, yeah, maybe I'll like go be an elite rower or something and like try and be high performance gung-ho maybe make it to the Olympics like that had always been the dream because nothing else had really presented itself and um in the time that I I had finished my D1 rowing as an athlete and so I moved into coaching and it was in that time I kind of I was doing some light training and whatnot but really found my heart at this like impasse and Part of me was saying, yes, I really want to follow through on my athletic commitment. And the other part of me was like, but there's so much more opportunity available to you. And being a student athlete, like you can, but you can't really like always be going out and like having those fun nighttime jobs. Like I I always wanted to work in the service industry, but it never could because I was I was like rowing and whatnot you know and okay. so yeah, early morning practices so i was like i just want to try things you know i just want to do something new um so i had decided to stop rowing when i decided to stop rowing i i fell into a really deep depression actually and um it mostly brought on by the fact that like i wasn't working out so my brain itself just like wasn't getting the endorphins it needed like the Hormones necessary in order to keep you happy or not. Um, so it was definitely like a chemical imbalance in my brain But as I was coming out of that fog, there was this one morning I was living in Evo at that time and I stepped out onto Sierra Green and I watched the sunrise and it was in that moment that I was watching the sunrise that this question popped into my brain like What does the sunrise look like on the other side of the world? And mind you at that point I had never really left Philadelphia like yes my family traveled we had been to Mexico when I was a baby we my mom's Puerto Rican so like we've been to Puerto Rico we have been to Italy I had been to England with the crew team I've been to Canada for uh, rowing events as well but nothing really farther east than you know Italy and um I just, I was like, okay, so what does it look like on the exact opposite side of the world? What, what is available there? And that really got the ball rolling for everything that came afterwards. And it was after that point that I just started planning. I got like those giant post-it board um, papers, you know, and put them all over my walls. I wrote all over them. I put pictures of like, you know, Southeast Asia on it and was like trying to like map out and like learn about the region and how I wanted to travel. Um, and I had fallen upon Southeast Asia just like through research um, and people saying that it was one of like the most affordable places to travel. And also, I what the thought that came to me was like, well, one, I've always been so interested in Eastern culture, two, it's an entirely different language as a tonal language, which is something we're incredibly unfamiliar with in America, um, having English as our dominant language. And, you know, I just was like, let's challenge ourselves. You know, one of the other things that like, one of my mottos has been is like, live and be uncomfortable. And so my goal traveling was always like, make yourself uncomfortable every day. Because what I had realized, you know, when I was sitting there on Sierra Green that morning, was that I, was living an incredibly comfortable life. Not comfortable in terms of like financial stability and all that not, okay. but like comfortable in terms of I I know what is here. I know every corner of Philadelphia. I grew up here since I was six years old. You know, like the, these are my stomping grounds. I can't go from like point A to point B without running into several people I know. And so I really just wanted to tr- challenge myself and see, you know, who am I when the mask is when like not the mask but all the the predetermined like labels like everything that I had like kind of labeled myself with before like who am I without that who am I when I don't have my circle around who am I when I don't have like my comfortability around my family around and um, that has really just been like the whole thing and it's been a lot of fun
0: yeah absolutely uh, so like i have a follow up on it so do you think that because you were uh, a sports athlete or competing uh, for like i think uh, you mentioned rowing like you were comp- you were rowing <laughs> in a competition like uh, competing on that uh, i uh, when i read through your profile i think Swimming was also another big thing that uh, you did, like you you, you competed on uh, doing swimming and I think you won also a lot of times. Uh, so do you think that was it because like your whole life as a student, uh, even in college, you competed within the boundaries of a team rather than for yourself? you think that that had a part in pushing you to you know what I want to explore everything on my terms by myself and I don't want anyone to tell me what to do or I don't have to be answerable to anybody else like was that some thought process behind it or
1: oh, Finay, that's a great question I never really yeah. thought of it that way but now that you say it, I see a lot of truth in that um yeah, I think it was definitely me trying to fight, like, expectations versus, like,
0: right. self-expression.
1: self-expression. Kind of. Yeah, self-expression. And, but the thing is, is, like, athletics what, and still is a big part of my self-expression. Um, but I think that I was just feeling really, really confined by the structure of being a highly competitive athlete because like you have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and you have to go practice and then you have to like you know eat breakfast immediately or go to and then go to class and like you know everything is micromanaged in your day like you know you go to classes all day and maybe you work as well like when I was at Drexel I was a lifeguard so I was working also at that time and um and then like you have your afternoon workout and then you Man. have dinner and then you have more studying. And like you know, Drexel, we're up until like two o'clock in the morning yeah. and haggard trying to get our stuff done, you know? <laughs> so Absolutely. like yeah. yeah. So, you know, like everything is micromanaged down from your time to your calories to your emotions to like practice. And uh, I think you know, you're probably right. There was I I think definitely a great deal of my self-expression was feeling um, stifled by this kind of structure um, and was just really looking for an out to be expressive
0: right yeah Uh, I think like in a lot of cases this works especially when we are in college because we like so many things are bombarded at us all at the same time and just uh, keep giving ourselves some time to think on ourselves, work on ourselves, bless you. Uh, so uh, that that really, I think, uh, amplifies during college time, especially. Like, I think I had quite a similar experience. And in, in my case, uh, like you said, you were in Philadelphia your whole life, and then you wanted to explore uh, something different my case is quite similar where i was in bombay my whole life till college like even after college i was walking over there and uh, like just by chance i discovered something in the field of analytics which like then i decided okay i want to pursue it but I, i will do i want to do it in the states rather than doing it in india itself and that is how it came to be like I decided to come over here one day that, okay, no, I want to explore something different and to learn something new and to do it somewhere else other than just being at the same place my whole life.
1: yeah.
0: So, okay. yeah.
1: You decide Drexel in Philadelphia.
0: Uh, I think my reasoning was uh, very basic. First was like, uh drexel is like philly is a very good city so drexel is close to new york dc and philly itself so my um, thinking was like maybe after uh, you know graduation i'll get job at new york somewhere that'll be more convenient and also like east coast i think new jersey philly like the the tri-state area is like quite good in that sense And a lot of Indians live in New Jersey, New York. So I thought, yeah, that would be good.
1: Yeah, no, the community is really great uh, in Philadelphia. So I I think that's fantastic. Because you want that little piece of home even when you're away, right?
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So next question, actually, I wanted to ask was, Why go international? So like, again, this is very personal and this is very specific to your example, but a lot of cases people are like, you know what, I'll move to a different city. I'll explore that city life. I'll see what is happening, what clubs are popping. Like a lot of people (coughs) move to New York or LA or SF, Seattle, something like that. Uh, Do you think that because uh, you wanted to push yourself a little bit more you didn't want that like you didn't maybe you didn't want it intuitively that comfort of you know your language you have been here uh, you know the culture you know what people are new york are like or what people in la do like do you wanted to push yourself you know what i'll I clear the whole board i want to start from scratch if i don't know anything what should i do like was that your thinking
1: I think for sure. I the first thought that comes to my mind was just that like America's expensive. It would be hard to travel around for an extended period of time at all like doing anything. I mean, just to like uh outfit a camper van to drive across the States is like, you know, can be almost twenty thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, depending on how pimped out you wanna make it. I was like I do not have that kind of bread. Like, no, thank you. So, um, but I think also, yes, I had just become so comfortable in the routine, in the American routine, and like, also what I was really hating was just like, the whole idea of I go to college so that I can get a degree, so that I can get an entry-level job, so that I can climb this ladder that is going to be impossible to climb and has a ceiling unless I go back to school, spend more money, get a master's so that I can get higher up the totem pole. And like, because of Drexel and the co-op program, I was really lucky to try all sorts of jobs. My first co-op, I was a dental assistant. My second co-op, I was a social media marketer for a regatta organization. And my third co-op, I was a marketing uh, like intern, intern at a communications firm. So I tried like three really different but kind of same areas because like the first one's health. The second one was like a work from home situation and really flexible. And the third one was like, you know, you're in corporate. Okay. And I just realized I hated corporate. I, I, Yeah, social media is cool. And maybe I'll have some kind of future in it, but like it, I'm still working through some emotions of how I feel about like the portraying of yourself online. So I was like, I'm not really into that right now. And Mm -hmm. then I realized, and like ultimately it was that I just hate being indoors. I hate being kept in a box. And I guess like in a way being in America was like staying in a box. And I was like, get me out. Yeah, yeah, and I I just realized that like my global perspective was so small. You know, like the ideas I had of um let's just say asian people were mostly chinese you know like i didn't even realize that asian people also include indians no idea that was like a whole nother category for me you know and but now i've learned like oh no 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 like asia is this whole big place and encompasses like so many different kinds of people and like in america in america Chinatown, or like, you know, the Asian population is reduced to Chinatown. Yeah. And yet you have Burmese, you have Thai, you have Mongolian, you have Nepalese, like you have everyone in there and like, it's just reduced to Chinatown. And that now I'm like, oh my God, that's so disrespectful. Like, I hate that. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, So I just wanted to see something like explore something new like understand how the world is really working and like how people function like in a day like, you know i just needed to see with my own eyes
0: right yeah no i i i get that so a lot of it what you said was kind of my perspective but not in that sense where I also thought that American people were just this kind, which I saw on movies and TV shows. Like I haven't met anybody yet. uh, Like when I used to stay in Bombay, like uh, very, maybe few tourists here and there, but like we never meet someone actually like who is American and you talk to them, you work with them, you X, Y, Z. So a lot of cases, like I think in most of the cases, whenever you travel, maybe for a longer period of time to a different place than what you are familiar with or what you know of, Uh, you always get that change of perspective, change of ideas, the differences you see, sometimes it is very like totally opposite, but understanding that, adapting that is quite a journey in itself, uh, but uh, learning experience as well.
1: Mm, So much. And one thing like I noticed on the road is that like there's a group of travelers that get the proverbial it and there's a group of travelers who don't and the group of travelers who don't get the proverbial it and it being the it being like um why we travel the essence of travel like the purpose of travel is um like those are your very entitled individuals who just want to party and like you know, yeah. take 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 without giving. Who like want to be posting in social media because of vanity or whatever? And um, and like you're they're the ones in the Hawaiian t-shirts who like walk around drunk all the time and like just have no regard for the culture, like people who don't try and dress appropriately in a country where like you should be a little bit more modest you know and like or n- taking off your shoes before you walk into somewhere or you know bowing to someone instead of trying to go for a handshake like trying to learn at least hello thank you and goodbye you, like these are the kinds okay. of things in, in the local language these are the kinds of things that like really differentiate travelers that you're finding and like there's many different kinds of travelers I'm really just like I'm doing a very broad generation right now I'm just putting into two groups but um yeah it it, I'm sure I mean also India is such a massive country that it and so densely populated that it would be hard to like really find travelers Um, yeah you know as they are and also what was i just thinking um also the people the kind of people that travel to india are not usually like your entitled individuals
0: right i think yeah, but india- I, yeah I think yeah sorry go ahead
1: oh i was just gonna say india is one of the countries that i'm a little bit intimidated by um because of it, the debt like china the same way you know like the dense population like the People, people, people—all these things happening. I mean, at least the way it's been portrayed, like in media and uh, like movies and all that stuff. I'm just—and the way people talk about it—I'm just like, I'm gonna need a friend. I won't be able to solo travel there. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and also I really want—and what's also super important to me, especially going to India—is that I have friends there. Like, I want to create connections, and like Drexel has done that really well for me um because through athletics i've met several um indian people like from bangladesh and um and i think bangalore and uh yeah and um it i'm I'm like i've told them i'm like listen i'm not going to india until you can go back to india and when you go back to india let me know and i would fly into you because like yeah. I, I i want to see it through your eyes i want to see it through your perspective and also i'm a little bit intimidated so i might need you to hold my hand
0: right so let me let me tell you my side of the argument over there whatever you you have heard about it or uh, you know about it 100% true
1: oh <laughs> All right well at least i have a good frame of reference
0: right you first of all you have an open invitation if you want to come to mumbai like if i'm there or if you need anything to be done in mumbai especially you can uh, hit me up i'll i'll hook it up for everything for you open thank invitation you. if i'm there i'll i'll uh, uh, be your tourist guide as well if required
1: i love it thank you
0: yeah uh so actually i had a a follow-up question with you on that later on, but since you brought it up about uh, some certain kind of people who are uh, very entitled in their way, let's just say that. Uh, yeah. This was uh, this was my question. So, uh, there is a stereotype of American tourists, especially who mm. too entitled or too ignorant too towards others and can't handle spices. So, this is like... Again, Indian perspective, but yeah. Uh, did you encounter any experience with that personally, and do you feel that it's true and you have to adapt your way somehow, like because you are coming from a different perspective? like in a lot of cases, you have to learn how to speak or how how they conduct themselves in that place like do you have any experience that you felt like no uh okay this is what i thought it was this is what it is and i have to train myself or adapt something to make it more uh, as a local as possible
1: yeah so um i would say that i really went into traveling with like a really open heart and open mind i knew and i was very humbled like the fact that like i know nothing like i was like full on i know nothing like i can read all the books and all the like condé nest whatever uh what is it world nomads those big books but um that's not gonna give me the proper representation of the place that i'm going and you know so i was just i tried my best to really just kind of like sit back observe watch Listen. Have as many conversations as possible, so that I could be the most respectful traveler um, that I could be. Also, just like being a five eleven white female, like I, I stick out like a sore thumb, and so, and even in America, I stick out like a sore thumb. So, like, I, I am always cautious about like being like and presenting myself respectfully. You know. Yeah. Um, and I definitely did encounter and like went to some party hostels where like I encountered those entitled travelers, um, or or maybe in, entitled, maybe somewhat disrespectful. Who knows? It kind of just depends. Um, but I mean, like those nights, they were fun but there weren't the kind of people that I wanted to like go tour around with the next day. I was always much more happier just like going by myself and experiencing things just as they were. Um, and like I've met, I-, I met so many fantastic people along the way that I did like do a lot of um, activities with and whatnot, but it was really fun to be able to kind of pick and choose like, okay, who are the people I want to surround myself with? like you know it comes back to that question or that that prompt of like you are the sum total of the five people you surround yourself with so what what kind of people am I going to surround myself with and so like when you travel you do find a lot of like like as many entitled people as there are there's going to be more enlightened individuals and people who are willing to just like keep their minds open and willing for change and whatnot. And so I always felt myself really connected to those people. And um, we had an even better time because now we're exploring the city or the region and we're getting in touch with the culture. Like we're doing, um, we're going into the small shops rather than going to the ones that are labeled on Yelp, you know, like right. we're trying to use Google Translate For the words that we don't know, to like try and order some food or to get a book, I don't know, you know. And like that—that was the challenge that I had like set out for, you know. Was like, how am I going to get through these countries when I don't know the language, languages? When I don't know the languages, and like I don't really know the cultures because I've never lived in it or experienced it. And like, how am I going to present? Like, how am I going to be me? You know? And that—that was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, so one thing uh, you have a blog which you write like you have written mm-hmm. reason travel thoughts how did yeah, that come out like sh- like it is very personal very authentic to you like what was your thinking behind like and what made you share it with everybody like in a lot of cases not a lot but uh, in many cases people write it for themselves like just to have a diary or a journal of uh you know just knowing what they have done for the whole year or a couple of years like what made you share it with everybody and how did that come out probably catharsisism <laughs> yeah. just to
1: do something to like feel like i was understood no i'm, I'm that's a little part of it but um that blog i really i I want to do something more with it um because right now it is not much and so it's not a very accurate portrayal of like everything that i have experienced but in terms of writing and like write and and uh giving it to others i really i just i want I have, I just, I end up getting a, a lot of thoughts when I'm on the road, like, and, and because I love to observe and I love to watch and I ask myself a lot of questions and like, I get very emotional when I'm on the road. And I, I also, I just like, I, I have so much gratitude in my heart and I want to express yeah. that gratitude. And like, I want to be able to show people that like there are other sides to travel and that there are other sides to living than, just the way that we've been conditioned to see it in America, you know. Like, there's so much more than just what is portrayed in media and social, like, and you know, everything. Um, like, one of my favorite moments that I I did share on my uh, my Instagram, which has turned more into my blog than my actual blog itself was um this day in phuket where it it was like you know when i first got to thailand it was this day in phuket oh no 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 it was it was krabi i was in krabi and um i went to lunch i'm um, by myself because I, I solo travel and um there was only myself and a father and his daughter in the restaurant and I was sitting so that I was like facing the daughter and the father's back was to me and he's on his phone they're just waiting for their food and she's just like kind of playing with like a coloring page or whatever in front of her and we make eye contact and we just like connected and we're making these really silly faces at each other we're having a good like we're just like playing and like her dad sees none of it none of it and like we just had this whole interaction, like, while I'm just sitting there drinking a beer. And it was like, dang, that's so cool. You know, like, it's so much fun to be able to, like, just have these small interactions or just, you know, these moments that, that like, they, that's what fills my heart with so much gratitude. And, like, those are the small moments that really push me to share what I'm experiencing. Because it's those small moments that make your life, you know? Yeah. Like, this, all of those small things make the bigger picture. And I want to have as many of those experiences as possible. Little interactions, big interactions, whatever. But, like, I love... And I just naturally, I have a lot of gratitude. And, like, I mean, I'm I, I feel so grateful to be able to be over here that, like no moment goes unnoticed you know i really try to be as present as possible and i think it's because of my 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 drive to be present and to live with gratitude and compassion and understanding and respect that um really pushes me to write and pushes me to share it with others
0: right do you think that that is another just a form of uh expression but in a sense of uh, creativity as in like because you are traveling you are you are learning so many things uh, that are different that are similar that are observed like you like you shared this story like that is your uh, personal observation on life basically do you think that because you have uh, that perspective or you know, to value those moments, you can share it with others. Like, is that something that comes to your mind where, okay, maybe I want to share more of this or you just want to be in the moment and explore it for yourself.
1: I think this is probably where I end up getting really caught up with like writing and sharing is that like, it's always that battle of like, do I live in the moment and put my phone away and not document anything and try and just be, or do I do both at the same time or do I try and like just picture, 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 let me be here, be here, be here, whatever. And let me jot down some notes or whatever. I, you know, this is where I get really caught in a, like, because I want to be capturing my moments and I want to, be able like i want to be sharing them but at the same time there're just some moments you should keep for yourself right, right. yeah like, that's your treasure chest and those are the moments that like you're going to remember like i have found that the moments where i put my phone away and i've sat there and i've said to myself i'm going to be present and i'm going to remember this moment are the ones that have really lasted like when i'm right. really conscious and in a moment like those are the ones that have a lasting impression and usually my writing will come from those moments as well. Right. Um, because now I've opened myself exactly to what you're saying is my self-expression and my creativity to like, I've allowed it to come in and I've allowed it to really like soak with myself and like permeate into like right. all my, being and like make up who I am now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do get really caught up in this because right. it's how much do you share? Versus, how much do you keep for yourself? That's that's kind of the constant debate I'm
0: experiencing. Do do you wonder that because like we are young in that sense where we haven't experienced a lot in our personal journey, that 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 changes maybe after we are old or where we have experienced like you know, uh, traveling. Traveling is a big thing, but uh, you know. Uh, staying at a place for a few years and having family or interacting with same set of people or all that like do you think that comes with age or that is not a factor like do do you ever wonder about that
1: all the time um I think that the I and stop me if I'm not understanding your question correctly um you're asking about like settling down versus continuing to move. Does that idea of settling down come with age? Is
0: no, no, no. Uh, so, no. Uh, let me rephrase it for you. So, okay. uh, because we we are uh, young in our own personal experiences, we want all the things that are small. That everything feels like movement or living in the moment. But do you think that with age maybe we are uh 35 years 40 years 45 years like if we are of that age maybe that is not as valuable uh as we think right now is like do you ever wonder about that
1: yeah. so that the question is does the perspective of the small things change with age
0: right yeah huh
1: i mean I can't really say i guess because i'm i'm 25 as well i turned 26 or yeah next week um
0: oh wow (laughs) Happy birthday in advance
1: yeah thank you thank you um so i can't really say because i'm not older you know but i think that i can pull from my like parents you know Um, my mother immediately comes to mind and she is in her 50s and still lives very presently um and I think that being in the present is more of a mindset than it is like an age factor um I think that you can be 45 years old and you know still and let's say you're settled down you have kids a family whatever and still be really appreciative of like the things that are right there in front of you and like those small moments you know um I think I get what you're saying where like you know we're so young we haven't had that many experiences so maybe we're just like taking it all in as it comes Um, but I think that life is always throwing you curveballs and little like um, easter eggs as like we would say in America you know like little gifts I think life is always giving you little gifts and it's always throwing you curveballs and so long as you're staying present like in your day-to-day you're gonna see those and I I, because I think they're present every day whether or not it's the sun shining a beautiful way and you seem to notice it or the leaves changing from green to gold or like just narrowly not getting hit by a car while you're biking on your way to glass (laughs) you know these are the things I'm grateful for
0: right yeah absolutely uh one thing, actually, uh, like you mentioned, you are uh, you traveled to the east coast or Asia specifically. Is there any specific example where you, like, totally opposite of what you actually thought, and uh, what you actually met with or like discovered, mm. or because you? didn't know anything at all in the first place you were like totally open to whatever it is and adapted on the way mm-hmm. is there anything yeah. dramatically different
1: um i i think the what most starkly comes to mind is before i left for southeast asia everybody was like oh my god be careful it's so dangerous over there like you have to all these and i was like okay and then i come to southeast asia and in every country everyone's so nice, nice. so nice and they're they're nice they're kind they smile at you depending on where you are and um, you know, and it's not as dangerous as people think it is like i mean southeast asia really gets a bad rap and it's probably some superiority complex, like some Western superiority complex of like, oh, we're developed, like we have advanced technology, we have advanced hospitalization and healthcare and all this stuff. Like we don't have open air markets, blah, blah, blah. But like those open air markets are better than Whole Foods. Let me tell you, you know, like, (laughs) There's so much more culture in them than there is in a Whole Foods or a Genardi's whatever is available in America right now, Trader Joe's. Mm -hmm. Like you really get like a sense of community when you're in Southeast Asia because like everyone is outside, everyone is mingling, like everyone's working together. And um, I think I'm really lucky to be living in Chiang Mai because I feel as though this city is the perfect clash of east and west where like there's just enough eastern mentality or like there's this there's just enough western to make you feel comfortable let me put it that way like there's still really good in Chiang Mai and Bangkok I'm sure as well and um, there's great hospitals you know like I can go to the hospital get a checkup like and get checked out or whatever and leave within 20 minutes. Like I can go to a specialist, I don't need a referral or insurance or anything and have spent less than $30, you know, and I have the antibiotics or whatever that I need and like it's available, you know, and it's a painless process. I can go home and I can rest. Whereas in America, like you have to go through going to your primary and then if you have a specific issue going to a specialist and then now you've already paid out like a hundred dollars depending on your insurance and like that's not even covering your medications that's not even covering follow-ups you know and i'm like that's so ridiculous so like when and and stealing you know like it's you're more likely to get jumped in philly than you are in asia yeah if you're you know like you have to obviously you have to be vigilant you have to be smart but like um, I was always watching my back more in Philly than I ever have while I've been on the road right. yeah and um, also was I think also living and growing up in America you are constantly stereotyping you are constantly okay. like having to profile someone like and it's natural you know it's it's not like a, oh you're a shit person for a stereotype like no we are conditioned to do this for in so many different ways like subliminally and very consciously are taught to stereotype and have prejudice and all those things right okay. and so you use these tools that you've created in your schemas to protect yourself when you're in America like You know, if you see someone who looks shady, like you cross the street or whatever, like you hold your bag closer. And what I've realized or like, you know, what I've just realized is that we don't need those stereotypes that we've so like wrapped our heads up in. The less I stereotyped and the less I like fell into my own prejudice the more open I was to amazing opportunities and people and conversations. And that has been a really, really big lesson for me, is not judging a book by its cover, not just assuming that someone is gonna be a certain way based off of how they speak, how they act, their English intelligence, you know, like, that's terrible to say, not English intelligence, but like English proficiency. Um, And, so that has really opened my eyes and humbled me a lot. And like, I have d- deep delved into myself, deep dived into myself of like, you know, Rena, where can you continue to grow? Like, where is it that you can take down these barriers that you've built or like these ideas that you built and rebuild them in this better light?
0: Right, yeah, I think uh, again, like I have an example on my end where, like, this totally reversed on American side. Like, all yeah. I always like because the the perspective of what I had was either I read something about it or I've seen it on uh, TV shows or movies. So that is what uh, my perspective or my idea of America was. So I was, so it was so late. It is open a whole night. We are partying in New York every day and all that. Like So when I came to Philly and I, like 10 o'clock, all the food, all, half of the stores are closed. You can't eat food probably. You have to order somewhere else. And I thought, what is happening over here? Like, because me living in Bombay, like 10 p.m., the city rises, like literally. A lot of stores yeah. open at 10 p.m. Yeah. And it was like a very very strange for me that why are you closing the stores <laughs> like <laughs> like what is happening
1: yeah
0: so like it, i had to come to a realization that no not everything is the same but mm-hmm. again like this was again my stereotype like this was my thought process or what my stereotype of american or america was like
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i thought it was quite fascinating actually to just understand why it is not uh, same but it's so different than what we thought like because we always see that oh uh, everything over here is available you can have like if you work hard you can get what you want you have a very uh, a rich lifestyle over here but it's like quite a different perspective after you come here <laughs>
1: yeah right like it's not all riches and fun games like i think also the pandemic has put that in such good view in america because you're seeing how um under um, impoverished communities are really being hit by the pandemic and how like little resources are going to those who need it and um and how just like you know i think the black lives matter movement is such a perfect example you know like here's a group of people who have just been given the short end of the stick there, like since they came to america and just given absolutely no respect and like you don't see that portrayal so so much in movies and whatnot but like they make a massive part of the population in the communities in america and like They, Black people have given the whole world culture, like the whole world has benefited from Black culture. And so like, I can see how when you're looking at Hollywood, like Hollywood America, and you don't really see like the portrayal of how ethnic America actually is, you can have a really skewed perception of like what's going on but I think that America capital American capitalism does that like the machine does that where it makes sure that like white people are benefiting off of all the hard work of everybody else and so I can imagine that that was a really interesting situation to like be walking into especially in Philadelphia where it's majority black
0: right so like Again, this is very personal to me, but I think like because I'm brown, like as a skin or whatnot, like because I live as a culture, as a family, I think Indian culture is more closer in that way to uh, Black culture, where like, like the sense of community of helping each other, out, like it is more uh, visible. Maybe it's uh, same in both ends, but it's more visible over here and like I never saw it as different like to be honest uh, like I, I don't know if this is okay but I thought white people are crazy like why are they so white
1: yeah <laughs> I couldn't yeah.
0: understand uh, how like maybe I can understand a little bit but uh, yeah that was more foreign to me than uh, black skin like even in Philly so that was like a different perspective on my end, but uh, yeah, again, a lot of uh, this is like this get, get political and all that. But uh, especially in America, like always associated, uh, always associate uh, the origin origin country with them. So we always call African American or Indian American. Like I, I thought that that was not like that doesn't justify it i think if you are american you're american if you're not you're not like indian american or person who is whose parents are from indian descent and who is american and you compare an actual indian like they are totally different like, they don't have a similar accent as well in many cases so like just calling them indian american sometimes like wait you are not indian at all like how can you call yourself indian like it's to me it sometimes feels like that where i see a lot of cases where they talk about okay this is african-american this american that american but uh, like the, the sense of origin on that like even african-american like this is not a criticism but they haven't been to africa they don't know anything about africa they don't know the language maybe they can't even name the countries in africa so <laughs> I think that is just American, but uh, again, this is how it is over here. So, but that yeah. was my perspective.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I, yes. America does put a lot of emphasis on labeling the origin of an individual's uh, uh, ethnicity. And I, and I think that that's just like, you know, our drive for individualism, which is so like, which is be like, ethnocentrism of America as individualism and like exactly what you were saying you you saw that there were more similarities with the black community and your in Indian community than with the white community and your Indian community right okay. because of community over individualism and um, I think that that has also been a really uh, big thing for me in like recognizing as I've been traveling um, that or that I have recognized while traveling Um because you just see how cutthroat people in America are and especially white people or um, individuals whose families have been in America for generations on it, you know, like many generations. Um, And I really like I've begun to value that sense of community over individual and um, which has made me feel a bit more distant from American culture. Right. Uh, and, you know, there are definitely some things where I'm like, why do we do this? Like, wh- why why do we do this as Americans and as white people? Like, why do we have to think this way or, like, behave this way, you know? Um, so I think, and maybe you've had this similar experience moving to America, Is just, like, how can I reshape myself to be a better person? I right. think that that's what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, like, one of the stark... Examples that reflects is like maybe you might not uh, think it this way but American food I think like what is what, what is American food
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> hamburgers french fries hot dogs right yeah but uh but then we also I think America does food so well because we have so many ethnicities
0: right yeah
1: America you know and so like you you have people who are mixed like you know, Nigerian and, let's say Nigerian and Japanese, yeah. you know? And like, imagine that kind of person, like if that person became a chef, how dope their food would be by bringing those two cultures together. Like that is the essence of America in Man. terms of its culture, you know? Like, and I think that that's, you, so yeah, what is American food? It's all that uh, a yeah. yucky processed yes that, you know, is capitalist America. Um, sugar. You can just call sugar American, honestly. I feel that way sometimes. Yeah. But uh yeah. I you know, I think also it rocks at the same time because of how many different cultures we have.
0: Right. Yeah, I know absolutely. I think like <laughs> I'll give you a pushback on sugar because, like, because I am of a Gujarati descent, we put sugar in everything as well. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I get the point. Yes. Uh, right. Next thing I wanted to ask you was uh, about your yoga journey. Like, how I I do yoga as well, almost every day, uh, at least for uh, fifteen to twenty minutes, if not an hour uh and like again during this pandemic that has been like i used to uh put videos of myself doing yoga also every day i just stopped like for a few weeks now but uh yeah after the pandemic started i've been doing uh, that almost every day now how did you come about uh, discovering? Like, because you are an athlete, did you like had to do some yoga for uh, stretches or for your body? And because like you are traveling uh, in the east, like did you discover yoga over there and then fell in love with it? Like, how has that been with you? Yeah,
1: actually, my yoga journey started at Drexel. Um, I there is a course but because we have the Westfall um we are the Westfall College they also have a dance program and uh, within that dance program they have classes uh, many different kinds of classes like Pilates but they also have yoga Um, and it was with one with my professor at the time that she introduced me. I was I was like yo I'm gonna take yoga because it's a really easy three credit course like I don't have to write big papers I don't have to think too much it'll be like sleeping it'll be nap time in the middle of my day right. um, and so I didn't really take it seriously at first but it wasn't until I had stopped rowing um, that I ended up taking Uh, yoga another two terms because you can take yoga three times at Drexel and get a total of non-credits to your degree which is cheating but it's great Um, so for all of my fellow dragons out there check out check out those kinds of programs anyways um, or classes but yeah so it was like while I was taking the yoga classes that I realized how beneficial it was becoming to my daily routine. Because I wasn't doing rowing, I was finding a lot of solace in the breath work and in the stillness. And I also really just needed something to like get me active again. And this was something that I was finding challenging and new and exciting. And so I started finding studios in town. Um, I started going to this one place called Dhyana Yoga. At least before COVID, they were located at 16 and Walnut, right across from CKO Kickboxing, uh, right above like the Apple store. Um, And the teachers there were just phenomenal. And my yoga practice flourished. And I just found it so much fun to like be flowing through these asanas, being challenged and realizing like, oh, I'm not good at this. And then like oh i'm getting better at this and like seeing that improvement pretty quickly over time as i uh started practicing it more often um and so when i decided to travel i figured well why not deepen my understanding of my yoga practice and like the principles behind yoga so i decided to go to Bali of all places, you know, cause hey. it's one of the yoga capitals of the world. Um, and get my 200 hour vinyasa certification. Um, and I didn't really have the intention of becoming a teacher. It was more so for like my personal, um, my personal knowledge. Hey. But then I came to Chiang Mai and um, we have a community, an amazing yoga community here. And there is a, uh, call it an organization or committee or whatever, but we have a group and it provides free yoga in a local park. And uh, I started teaching there and I'm now uh, one of the admins or facilitators of this group here in Chiang Mai. Um, And so like, that's been a lot of fun. That's like, that's a very superficial uh, synopsis of my journey as a yogi, but emotionally deeper, i just like i i was able to find so much forgiveness within myself forgiveness to me and to others and just like learning like how to be present like i think that that's kind of when i really started to be very present with my day-to-day life and like being aware and being self-aware of like okay here's this resistance i'm feeling like say you're in a you're in a bounded triangle pose or something, like in a a bounded bounded extended side angle. And you feel like you can't keep yourself up or your shoulders aren't opening up so much. Well, what does that mean to your real life? If you're feeling unstable in your legs, how does that translate to your real life? Are you feeling unstable? are you feeling like you can't support yourself do you need more support these were like or and if my shoulders aren't opening up if my chest isn't opening am I not allowing others in am am I not being heart opening you know and so like as I started recognizing that and like asking myself these questions it started to play a really big role in my life of just like how am I gonna flow with people you know like how am I gonna flow within myself and it has just like you know there have been so many practices where I just like I cry because I'm so grateful for my body and I'm so grateful for my breath and I'm so grateful for being present and still and you know getting through a hard flow or even doing a really easy flow and finding some unlocked thing inside of me Um, and I think that has been the most powerful part for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, understanding the philosophical and spiritual part of it and adapting it like that is really, uh, I think, interesting and is very difficult also to adapt. Like most of the, not most again. There's many cases. <laughs> yoga is more physical to a lot of people, wherein you do all these poses. You uh, like do your breath work and. Just you feel good after that, and that's it. But uh, connecting it with a lifestyle, with a livelihood, and just taking that spiritual and physical uh, philosophical part of it is really good and really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, big time. I think yeah. people think that yoga is like just this fuddy duddy thing. They either think it's fuddy duddy, or they're like, it's too hard. And yes. I'm, I'm like. Okay, I promise you it falls somewhere in the middle of all that. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry, it'll be great. But a lot of people have a hard time being still or being quiet. And so I think that that's probably one of the hardest um, parts about yoga, honestly, is just like being okay with being still and being quiet and through um, like being full on faced with your body's own challenges and limitations um right. you know we never like it when someone puts a mirror in our face of like oh you're not good at that um and i think yoga has a really good way of doing that um that can be really like jarring for some people right. but uh once you just accept that it's it's easy to continue to move forward with it
0: right yeah absolutely uh so this is again regarding your travel like you meet so many different people you are discovering new things every day like how do you keep up with that like in your personal sense as in like do you keep touch with uh, everybody do you make friends long-term friends or it is just like one of interaction or uh, like how, how do you uh, you know go around that uh, idea of people knowing each other and like I'm not sure, but I'm assuming like you are an outgoing person, so you like you interact or uh, communicate with uh, other people very easily. Yeah. Uh, like, um, how do you go about that?
1: <laughs> well, first off, thank you. Um, yes, I would consider myself a pretty outgoing person as well. Um, I keep in touch with people from home uh, really well through like Instagram. Instagram has been the best way for me to keep in touch with people at home. I think that Instagram is a great way for me to, and this is like why I love social media. um, Because like, I've made a lot of friends. I made so many friends during my time in Philadelphia, but not all of them are like my closest friends per se. So Instagram helps me keep in touch with those people that I'm like, better than acquaintances, but not necessarily like my ride or dies. and um and like because those relationships are still valuable and like uh i I really care about those and so ig has really allowed me to kind of stay present like i'm really thankful for stories because then it shows me people's day-to-day and like it lets me check in and like you know i get to have small conversations and so i talk a lot with people from america through instagram um my Closer friends, you know, we talk through WhatsApp and Facebook or whatever. And Facebook is like also amazing for keeping in touch with people, um, but also like connecting with local community. Um, For sure, like some friendships have dissipated over time, um, Mm -hmm. but my mind kind of just goes to, well, then they were never great friends in the first place, you know? Um, those who are still around are still around for a reason. And I'm really grateful for those people. Um, and those who are not around, well, I still hope I get to see them and like reconnect with them again in the future, you know? Right. There's never like, I never have any hard feelings. It's just like, you know, we'll, we'll get back together. We'll reconnect when we reconnect. Right. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I miss my family and like my homies all the time. And I think that that's probably one of the harder parts about being abroad is like, you know, like my brother just got accepted to university the other day and it really hurt to like not be able to be there for him to like give him a hug and a kiss and tell him how proud I was. But like he did FaceTime me at 11 p.m. I was like just heading to bed. And then I was like, why is my phone ringing? And I see it's my brother. And I was like, bro what's up he's like I got into college I was like Yay. oh my god amazing. you know so yeah, yeah it, it's kind of like that does that answer your question or yeah, yeah no, the-
0: absolutely yeah okay. uh last thing I think uh this was again very personal to your story like you have so many different tattoos like you showed the Drexel one earlier like what is the what is the backstory behind that or like how do you think of it like is it just part of you or is it something that you're inspired by because you want to make it permanent or just that is living in the moment right now you thought it was something really cool and you wanted it like Mm. what do you like what is your thinking behind having a tattoo and like how do you because you have so many different ones is it uh, pertaining to a different uh, like what I can say is a bucket list like maybe because Drexel is so big part of you maybe you wanted something of Drexel like because it is that personal do you think that is the reason why you have it like what is your thinking just can you share that with us do you have a specific tattoo in mind
1: that you want to know about
0: uh, yeah sure so uh, the, the the most recent one I saw which is like on your back with uh, all the stars and moon I'm not sure yeah. what it is but yeah uh, so like <coughs> what how did that come about sure so uh,
1: I have ten tattoos now and it started when I was in college uh, when I turned 18 19 something like that it was after my freshman year at Drexel um and I got my first tattoo this is my first tattoo wait let me see oh yeah 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 it's it's on the wrist it like twists a weird way but this is uh my first one and so in general my tattoos have are they hallmark chapters of my life or lessons in my life most of them do um and most of them I would say I have like really well thought out and tried to be purposeful and intentional about placement and like what I'm getting um and why specifically with the moon faces one that is down my back um I went so before I left America I was um very masculine in the way that i went about things like i really tapped into my masculine energy and i think that this was like as a survival method you know of like and especially with all the athletics like being super athletic is pulling like from masculine energy because it's like always go 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 competition i want to be the best like all that stuff um and this is no like boy girl thing. We're talking about like energies here, right? right? I just want to clarify that for any listeners. Um but so like really pulling on I was really pulling on those masculine energies and like my friends would always joke, Oh Marina, like you've got this like you've got this big boy energy, all this stuff and um and like I was like, Oh yeah, I am like don't mess with me. I'm from Philly, like I'll of- <laughs> like <laughs> Like, yeah, of course, like 100%, I'm gung-ho. Like, And, I, and also, like, my stature is, um, I'm more built, like, I'm, I, you see me and you're like, oh, she's strong. You know, like, you can yeah. tell that I'm an athlete. And so I definitely used that as an armor and wasn't so tapped into my feminine side and to, like, that feminine energy. Mm-hmm. As I started traveling... I really tried to soften that, and I realized, like, I was just going through a lot in terms of, like, self-identity, feeling beautiful, accepting myself as me, and just, like, loving myself for me and who I am. And, like, I realized at some point that it was kind of bothering me that people were like, Oh, Marina, you're such a dude, you're such a dude, you're such a dude. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it, I'm a bro, but I'm also a sister, and, like, I just, like, i'm soft sometimes too okay like i need some love and compassion i need someone to take care of me sometimes like you know i've got a big heart i'm really giving and people obviously like people saw that but i think that it was not as prevalent as like my raw 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 side okay. and so like you know just over the last year and a half two years i've really been working on like, okay, what does my femininity mean to me? And like, how can I bring that into my day-to-day life more? Um, how can I be more kind, compassionate, gentle, present, giving, um, all the, you know, like if you like think yeah. of a mother and yeah. all those qualities, how can I imbue that better? How can I, how can I be better? And so, and and when you talk about feminine and masculine energies, uh, like your, uh, I'm spacing on like the yoga terms for them right now, um, but uh, like Shiva and Shakti and all that, uh, Yida, Pingala, it's the sun and the moon. The sun is your masculine, and the moon is the feminine. And I feel very tied to the moon. Like when it's a full moon, I get a little crazy. Like I get it. Like my energy gets really worked up, and I've noticed this for years. And I never kind, I never like connected it in my mind. But I feel really attached to the moon and like the phases of the moon and like how it changes my energy and like what I'm going through. And so like I have started looking into and like researching and bringing into my daily life, practicing like you know what this Taurus last Taurus full moon meant for us and like having the two full moons in October like meant for our spirit and like the way like we're shifting energetically and i I just really wanted to have a piece on my body that showed this um evolution of me finding my femininity um I have another piece on my hip it's a bunch of flowers and the flowers are for like Uh, all of the feminine energies in my life, like the really dominant ones, which are like my mother and my grandmothers. And it's all of our favorite flowers and their favorites and mine as well. And um, this piece I see going up my back and then down this arm. And I wanted something right there in the middle to connect the two sides because I very specifically and intentionally put this tattoo on my right side, which is our masculine side. Because I wanted to show my femininity within my masculinity. Mm -hmm. But then I wanted to grow up my back and over down my left side to show that growth of like, I'm taking my femininity from my masculinity and really coming into my own feminine. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like, it just felt right to put the moon phases in the middle of my back as the center point, like my middle like the 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 you know it just felt like good to connect right. it, and um I just wanted to like bring that forward, and I wanted something else to like connect me also to the moon and Um, the artist that did it, she is super, super famous. Her name is Emily. And if you want to follow her on Instagram, it is ink underscore and underscore earth, ink and earth with underscores between each word. Um, And she does all hand poke. And I have been such a fan of her work. I'd been seeing it all over Instagram as I was traveling. So when I found out she was in Chiang Mai, I was like, please, 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 please. Can I get this piece by you? She was like, absolutely. And uh, I went over to her place. She, I sat there for six, excru- seven excruciating hours as she poked my back in like 95 degree heat and humidity. And uh, it was definitely a like spiritual experience because I've never had that much pain in my life before. Yeah. It was. It was incredible, so I mean, and now it's on my body forever,
0: right, and uh like this is just a follow up like how did you come over like ink in general like I mean, I come from a very traditional, very conservative family uh so like <coughs> did you ever uh reckon with that, or like were you always comfortable with getting ink on your body or were you? Do you think that maybe I should get a temporary one, maybe I don't want it later on? Like, did you have those dilemmas or was just very comfortable head on?
1: I've been wanting a tattoo since I was like 13 years old, okay. 12 years old. Um, but my father was, um, I, I, I wouldn't say I grew up very conservative at all, but my father is very a businessman and a lawyer and all that. So he's like thinking from that mindset of right. that, Traditional mindset of like ink on your body is bad you're not gonna get any jobs kind of thing like you know if you have ink on your body you're seen as like less intelligent or whatever you know and it was really just out of his like concern of my future employment you know he's right. like I don't want you to lose any opportunities because you have ink on your body and I think we've also just been really lucky um, that like socially, that has kind of changed in America, especially of like, you know, it's more acceptable to have tattoos and people don't really care if you have tattoos and you're in a corporate business setting. So I think that that's also really lucky that I'm growing up during a certain time that allows tattoos. Um, But for me personally, I've never really like been adverse or like wanted a temporary one to see However, I do think that if people are on the fence about a tattoo, they should definitely like tr- test out like so many artists these days are now um, selling like ta- uh, temporary tattoo packs of like right. their actual artwork. And so you can purchase them for a fraction of the price uh, that it is to get a tattoo, get a temporary tattoo, test out the placement. If it resonates with them and boom they're good like and if it feels good to them they can get that tattoo right for me my tattoos like they kind of just show up on my body like all of a sudden like i'll have this idea and then it feels like it literally comes forward on my skin you know right. like they put themselves in their spots yeah that's just how it is for me <laughs>
0: perfect sounds great actually uh so that's it for the questions and answers we'll, we'll start with rapid fire round okay up with that Perfect. Go. Yeah. Fall in Philly or monsoon in Thailand?
1: Oh, fall in Philly.
0: Oh, yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Travelling to a terrain or a mountainous area or beach town? Say that one more time. Travelling to the mountains or... Yeah. Or a beach town, like going to the beach or like if you want to travel to somewhere. Beach. Beach all day. Beach yeah is there something like because we are in the east coast we like the weather yeah,
1: yeah yeah
0: perfect uh meditation for an hour or gym working out at the gym for an hour
1: uh working out for an hour meditation's hard <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> one thing you miss most about home
1: oh um, philly cheesesteaks just came to mind let's go <laughs>
0: I'm vegetarian, so... <laughs> oh,
1: I'm sure there are some really good vegetarian cheesesteaks in Philly. I'm sure. I'm sure. You can find them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Which country would you travel next? Like, again, this is after post-pandemic, everything is open now. Which country would you like to travel now?
1: I would really love... I mean, I want to travel everywhere. But, uh, i really love the idea of moving
0: to mexico right perfect so that was it fantastic yeah. perfect uh is there anything else you want to share just a message or any, any uh, thought process you want to share
1: yeah for anyone listening and really questioning um whether or not to take a plunge to travel i say Do it. Do it, do it, do it. Get out of your comfort box, get out of your normal, get out of the ordinary, and do something super brazen. Be ballsy, be brazen, be courageous, because I promise that it is gonna be the most magnificent experience of your life afterwards. And even if you can't travel internationally, I mean, especially now with COVID, play in your backyard. If I have any kind of small regret in before leaving America, is that I didn't travel more throughout America. Um, I didn't realize how beautiful it was until after I left and how much it has to offer. So I really want to give those who are looking for that permission or for that validation to just go and travel their hearts out, do the things that make them feel wild, crazy, and free, and uh, really just embody that full on.
0: Perfect. That sounds great. And like very empowering as well. Uh, last thing I wanted to share actually, for those who are maybe thinking of traveling or who needs advice from Marina, Can they reach out to you on Instagram or ask questions?
1: Please do, I'm always down to chat.
0: Okay. Uh, I'll link her Instagram profile uh, on the description. And thank you so much, Marina, for uh, so generously giving your time and sharing all your experiences and your story. Uh, It means a lot for me, for sure.
1: Oh, Vinay, thank you for reaching out to me. I feel so touched like that you just came out of nowhere and you were like, yo, I resonate with what you're saying. Let's have a chat. That was super validating and affirming for me. So I just want to thank you for reaching out and doing the same with me.
0: No, no, absolutely. Like, and in, in, this is again, my back of the mind, but in a lot of uh, cases, I think I wish I was more, like how you are right now, doing what you want, just you know, being yourself, uh, traveling to wherever you want, and is a little bit of envy on my end. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think like because uh, we are on a similar age, I think it is more easier to just understand the different perspective and connect as well. So yeah, thank you for well, being.
1: America's your oyster, Vinay.
0: Right. Have fun yeah. with
1: it. You know, explore it. And I know that you're going to do amazing things. I'm so proud of you for starting this podcast and putting yourself out there. That's fantastic.
0: Thank you so much.
1: You're uh, very welcome.
0: That was another episode of Quarter Life Realization. I'm Vinay Gandhi and stay tuned for the next episodes. Reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram for your support and comments. Thank you for listening. Bye bye now.